for me, there was this sense that I wasn't uh, good enough to be a three mm. or like a three enough three. Which is very yeah. three. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah. three. Like, I feel like there's an end goal. Like, there is a greater me that needs to be born. Yes. <laughs> it's like this weird thing with threes where, like, you you believe that you could be anything that you want to be. And, I, and, and like, it's, it's, it's like in your soul you believe it. You can give power to things. You know, all you have to do is just, like, believe it. That sounds so lame. <laughs> no, but I so get it. I'm so with you on that. <laughs> all you, you have, have to, to do, do is believe. believe. The big hormone enneagram. Hi, it's John here. I'm a sexual self-prize for the five, four, five, eight, try type. Hi, David here. I'm a self-prize sexual nine with a one. Nine seven four tri type. Hey, it's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven sexual type with the uh, eight five four tri type. Hey, it's Nancy. I'm a self pres social three wing four and three six nine tri type. <laughs> I, oh I was God. on Twitter and I was seeing some people's horny tweets, and some girl was like, you know, I need a man to send me a nut video with the sound on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then all these uh, girls were commenting like, yeah, with the sound on. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to I hear, hear you moan. I was like, <laughs> this is where we're at. Yeah. Can I confirm that a nut video is just like jerking off to completion? Is that like yes. what a nut video yes, is? Yes, that's okay. what a nut video is <laughs> okay. with the sound on. With the sound, sound on. on. Are they usually muted? Like, why would you mute it? it kind of I don't know if any dudes are trying to like... Oh baby, let let me. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of guys get a lot of guys get real weird about hearing them moan. I don't get that. I love hearing guys moan. Yeah, yeah. that's what all, that's what all the women were saying. Like, yeah, like every guy's like, oh, I can't make a noise. Well, that's even fucking weirder. Yeah, you're just like is. stone face. Like, oh yes. No, nah, you got to go all the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got it. Hi guys. Hey, Joseph. <laughs> perfect time to come on yeah you gotta make some primal yells at the at the point of completion welcome to big hormone enneagram we are talking today with uh two very special threes and a half three joseph and uh before we intro you all just want to say a few things about what type three is um generally speaking threes are a uh highly motivated uh goal-oriented type um there's a there's a way that they have an intuitive sense of value and what is valuable and how to uh, see potential in themselves and others and how to actualize it. Um, but what can end up happening in threes is that they become identified with the uh, persona or image that helps, you know, gain the, the, the sense of value and, you know, that, that gains the, the positive feedback or the esteem or helps realize the goal. And so there can be kind of a uh, an inner split between the three uh, persona image and then how the three is on the inside. And uh, when threes are healthier, they're able to kind of create a relationship between these two sides of themselves. And when they're less healthy, uh, it splits apart. And so actually we have three threes. So uh, whoever wants to jump in of, of our threes here to introduce themselves, please do. 
Okay, um, my name's Elisa, and I'm a three. I feel like a, I'm like at an AA meeting. <laughs> Hi, Alicia. Okay, so my name's Elisa. I'm a three-wing two, self-pres sexual, three, seven, eight. What do I do? I'm millennial. I run a business or two. Um, I work a lot. I'm you're pretty much. I'm pretty much your typical three. Goal-oriented. I work. Um, I, I find value in my work, and it's like really important to me. And where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram, um, ariel.lelle.uv, because I'm an aerialist, and uh, UV is my pole dancing studio business. So um, I'm Katie. I'm a social, sexual, three, wing four, three, six, nine, tri-type. And um, I'm in school right now, such a three. I'm a doctoral student to be a psychologist. So I'm currently doing my residency. So it's like my fifth year residency to be a psychologist. And I want to work with eating disorders. So that's my kind of long-term plan. Well, welcome y'all. Um, you know, what we've been looking at in this series sort of, it didn't, we didn't really architect the series of interviewing people, but it just sort of happened that way. Um, but we've been really getting at the heart of each type, like what it's like to not just be them, but getting a sense of how the inner dynamics and psychological structures and uh, difficulties and struggles and gifts really emerge in each type. And, um, you know, we've been drawing on a lot of the object relational structures, attachment, uh, frustration, and rejection, you know, looking at uh, where each type sort of finds themselves in uh, their type and gets lost. And what I mean is like, what helps them uh, to actually recognize themselves and how we all kind of get um, get identified and stuck in our patterns and what those are. Um, so I was wondering, as threes, uh, whoever wants to jump in, but as threes, uh, how have you all been dealing with quarantine? Quarantine has been sucking and kicking my ass. I just recently, like, the past two days realized that I miss my friends. Like up until this point, I was introverting pretty well. I was like, no, this is fine. And then like two days ago, I was like, oh my God, I miss my friends. But um, I think the main thing that I've been doing that I didn't realize was part of my type until I talked to my therapist who does Enneagram stuff too, is I've been stuffing my emotions really well. I've been like, nope, useless emotion, put it away. Nope, we don't feel that. And so I've been like feeling zero emotions. So I'm just like this emotionless meat puppet. <laughs> what, is, just what, what does that mean to like stuff them away? Um, so an analogy me and my boyfriend use because he's a nine, I'm a three. So we stuff our emotions together. It's great. Um, is we have a jar and we put our emotions in it. And we bury it deep, deep down. And if we're lucky, one day we'll die. So you're like not aware of what you're actually feeling? Yeah. So it's not a cognitive, like, I'm going to stuff my emotions now. It's like a, I don't have a choice in the matter. These are not even happening until they happen all at so once. What, what triggers them? Um, it's usually like, like, I, I, <laughs> not much. <laughs> um, it'll be like brought on usually because I'm having like physical anxiety. So it's not even so much my mental anxiety that kicks in. It's my body that's like, hey, 
like this is all here and you need to deal with it so I start getting like really shaky it usually happens at night is the only time this this kind of stuff usually happens but it just sort of comes out in physical anxiety and then it just sort of overtakes me with like all the emotions at once so you know heart threes being part of the heart center heart triad two three and four uh they are emotional types uh but they have this capacity to as you're saying stuff their feelings away or or somehow not deal with them how do you reconcile that reality of being a three but also hard type that has that dynamic with their emotions i i it's kind of hard to put into words because it's sort of like this not a state of denial like i i accept that they're there but it's almost like a very very specific focus like i have the ability to take my brain and put it on something that is not that so much so to the point that that can like like almost disappear and it doesn't always disappear like that's not how you would deal with trauma and that's not how i would recommend everyone deal with their emotions or emotions that they don't want to deal with but it's like the way that i see it is it's sort of like this razor sharp focus and you know especially like i feel like my verb is i think everyone has a verb i think my verb is do and when you're constantly just doing things, you don't always have to deal with the things that you don't want to deal with that mm-hmm. aren't right in front of your face that you're not doing with your hands right now. So it, it, it's like, it's, it's not always healthy, but it can be a really great way to deal with traumatic experiences or with emotions that can be clouding your judgment. Yeah, I wanted to comment on that. Um, it's, you have to be careful as a three to make sure that you're doing things because you want to do them, not because you're trying to escape. So I mm-hmm. often find myself being like, especially in quarantine, I'll be like, oh, I'll paint or I'll, I'll go for a walk or I'll go for a run, which are all really healthy things. But why am I doing them? Am I doing them because I'm escaping what's coming up in my body right now? Or am I doing them because I really want to be doing something beautiful and creating? And like, if creativity brought out my emotions, that would be fine. But I can't, I kind of use it to stuff my emotions sometimes. So what's the threat that feeling poses? It's, or I'm assuming it, it sounds like it's a threat or it's like unmanageable or difficult. Like what is, why would you need to put feelings aside? I think it depends on the feeling. Like, I, like specifically for me, I think anxiety is one thing that I'm constantly trying to decide. And to me, anxiety is, I mean, in a word, useless. That's like my personal opinion. I wouldn't say that it's just, that's the case for everyone. But for for the most part, I know when I get like anxious thoughts or feelings, like this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to help my current situation. Like for example, with quarantine, um, quarantine has been a tough, tough time to hide from the anxiety, I think, because there's less to do, I guess, or because there's so much more time for introspection that maybe we didn't have before. For me, anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm always introspective, but quarantine's definitely brought up a lot, regurgitated a lot of things that maybe I wasn't focusing on before, but were always sort of looming. Like, can you give me an example? Uh, like my career, for example, like the word professional, something I've actually been really t- tugging with lately is like, what does that mean? What, what, who am I? I feel like as a three, I do so many things and I'm doing so many things with my career that I'm stretched, I'm stretched thin between them and I can't give a hundred percent to like all of the things that I do. So am I really even that good at them? You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. sort of been something that's been on my mind that I think is a very three concept where, you know, if I were to do like 
three things instead of five, just throwing numbers out there. Like I would be better at those three things than I would the five things, wouldn't I? Because I would be able to give more to the three things. So <laughs> well, what you're speaking to that's interesting is, uh, you know, as an image type or identity type, whatever you want to call it, there's this, it's, it seems that there's always this sort of moving target of what it means to be somebody or something, you know, like what it means, like, am I really that because am I good enough to be that? And that as, a, as an image type, there's this moving goalpost in terms of my capacity to live up to an ideal that is me. And it sounds like what you're speaking to is a struggle with feeling like, un, maybe not, not the right term, but unworthy or unable to live into that fully. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is accurate. And so is the, is the struggle then like that you put more effort into working to sort of bridge that difference? Um, I think the struggle is I want so much to do everything and be everything that I can't do that. <laughs> right. Like it's just, it, it's impossible. Like I, I, even within my, my dance career, like I, I, I do so many, I work on so many different apparatuses, so many different like aspects of training that it's like, I can't like, you know, at some point you kind of just have to be like, okay, you can't do five different apparatuses. Like you can't master five, five of them with like all the other shit you have going on. So you have to narrow it down. And now I've picked like two during quarantine that I'm working on, right? Just so that I could like shift my focus. I'm not sure if that's answering the question. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I think it's more like, you know, and then as a three, I, I, I always think the, the answer to my problems is to like, have a better plan or to like plan better. Like no matter what, whenever something goes wrong, that's always what I think of is like, wait, but did, was I prepared? Did I, did I prepare for this? No. Do I have a plan to get, to get out of this? I think that's like always my problem, even with anxiety. It's sort of like, how am I going to get, get over this anxiety or get over this like emotional hump? When I like, so I teach the Enneagram and uh, one of the ways I describe the heart center well, one of the things I say in general is that learning the Enneagram, it changes your view of what the body, heart, and mind actually are, you know, that we have our kind of default ways we engage with or think about what body, heart, and mind are, but the experience is very different, and then there's the ego's experience of those things, and then there's the, like, the real experience, so to speak, and uh, it's kind of dumb, but I think it's a good illustration is that I always uh, describe the heart like a cat like the animal, like, like when you walk into a room and you see a cat, uh, if you give it too much attention, then it runs away. And if you kind of in like indirectly approach it and kind of like leave room for it, then it eventually shows up and sits in your lap. You kind of, kind of give it space. And for the three, I feel like, uh, one of the things that happens is that, uh, there's all this activity about, as you say, making a plan or getting things done. And then they'll, there's sort of this, uh, this way it'll be like, I need to also leave room for like to feel what I feel and leave room for my heart or whatever. And it's kind of like planning to have a cat show up at the right time, you know, like, like, um, right between four and five, I've got enough time to, uh, to just feel my feelings and do what I want to do. And then maybe the heart shows up or it doesn't. And so, you know, then it's like 10 minutes into the heart meeting and the three is like, all right, well, I could be doing something better. And they start doing the next thing. And over time, it can lead to a real uh, discrepancy between like what's really going on inside me versus how I'm doing. Um, does that seem accurate? And how do you feel? Like, can you describe if if that's that's a valid struggle? Like how that shows up in you in terms of feeling in or out of touch with heart and feeling? Yeah, I think that that's really true to my experience. And what's really 
kind of funny about it in my experience is that it's not something that I'm aware of. I'm not usually aware that I'm running away from feelings. Um, for me, it also tends to be anxiety. It's kind of this this sense of, well, there's nothing I can really do about the anxiety. So I'm just going to kind of let it be there and then I'm going to go do what I need to do anyway. And so that can kind of become a pattern or just kind of a, a rhythm of life. And um, even when I do kind of try to check in with myself, um, you know, the, the, the cat won't always be there. <laughs> it won't always crawl over into the lap. And then, you know, it can be months later or years later where I kind of, I have had this happen where I've stopped and realized so much of what I am doing isn't actually resonant with who I am or who I want to be. And it's kind of this, this, because of that, like being out of touch with my own feelings and um, what I, what I really feel or what I really want. And it's not, what, what, what's really frustrating about it is that it's not that, it's not because I haven't tried. It's not because I haven't taken the time to sit and try to connect with what's going on for me or my feelings or what I want. I've tried that along the way. But I think part of being a three is I kind of reflexively adapt what I want or how I feel to my surroundings. Um, so it can be really easy to, to kind of get off track in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I was wondering as a social three, because any Enneagram, um, there's a lot of projection on threes and especially I think social threes. Are, oh, this is the fakest version of the three. This is the three that wants to be impressive and all this other stuff. So I was wondering, um, can you say something about your experience of being a social type and a three and where, how you're looking for value out mm -hmm. there, how you're doing that in the social instinct? Part of, I think, being a social three is one thing I don't necessarily identify with that I think can be kind of stereotypical three is this need to be really constantly productive and constantly doing. I, uh, I have a friend who I think is a self-prize three, and that's what she looks like, which is why I actually didn't identify as a three for a really long time, is that's not my way of doing three isn't just doing all of these outside achievements and being constantly busy and kind of, you know, stacking up awards or whatever it might be in a stereotypical sense. I think that for me, it's much more a sense of, um, am I showing up with people or in relationships as the best form of me that I can? So the achievement isn't so much of, of doing things as it is, um, you know, maybe being the most likable person in the room or being the person who gets the job, but not to put it on the resume, but to, to have those relationships and connections, I guess. Yeah. I'm just trying to connect those dots between what you were saying about, um, you know, being able to go a really long time and be doing mm -hmm. things because you're over adapting externally and you know what that looks like for a social three and i also kind of want to get get all the other three you know the other threes is take on what you yeah. said about the emotional piece and not like over adapting to outside ideals yeah um well i guess how i see it kind of relating to over adapting is i guess it's just like i i can see myself 
almost reflectively through the eyes of other people. Wow. So that's pretty good. I can kind of do and do in relationships and then, you know, wake up later and be like, this isn't actually, um, and I'm kind of saying in a dramatic way, right, but, right, right, but right. there can kind of be this kind of the sense of this isn't actually who I want to be or who I am. How are you able to see yourself through the eyes of other people? Like, how does that work? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> They're so confused. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, over here like, yeah, this makes total sense. And they're just like, what? <laughs> Even I relate uh, to that. Maybe it's social as well. Like I constantly, that statement works for me as well, I think. Yeah. I wanted yeah, to acknowledge, by the way, Joseph, uh, we didn't kind of introduce him. Uh, you want oh, to be yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> John, social oh, no, it's, boy. It's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm a four. I'm here because I've been friends with Lisa for a long time and I just felt like hanging out. Um, that's <laughs> and yeah, we like so Joseph, so. We yeah. like Joseph, yeah. And social first, right? Yeah. yeah social. Social. I, I was going to say just a really quick thing that, um, sorry, I don't want to get us off track, but Emeka, what you said about the strategy of assertiveness and um, what Katie said about like work not being the main thing for three. It's it's important to note that and also to note that like in Elisa's case, she's self-pres dominant and also triple assertive. So I've seen her use like doing, as she said, as the primary way to do three. Whereas I don't think for somebody like Katie who is say social blind and triple attachment that that would necessarily be the case. Yeah, that makes sense. Important. Well, I mean, so so can 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 the threes clarify that? Because a lot of times the stereotype is that threes are just doing, doing, doing. What are other ways to do three that isn't just about achievement and getting to the next goal? And also clarify how how do you see yourself <laughs> through the eyes of other people? Yeah. I need that. If Fuck I that like, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's you know what it's almost like astral projection. That, uh-huh. really that clarifies nothing. Yeah, that, okay, that confused me actually. So please explain. Um, please explain. I, As I, an I, astral I'm, projector, I'm <laughs> imagining it's, into somebody else's eyes and their experience yeah, of looking at you. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it's yeah. like I'm I'm social blind and I I do that. I I try and think of like oh fuck how do I look to this person? Um and and a lot of the times for me as a social blind I'm like I do that but I. Like Katie might be able to clarify, but like she might do it faster than I would. Like I feel like I do that, but it's late. Like I'll like do something. I'll do something really social blind, and then later I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I was like, I'll do that. and I'll kind of be like, think, try to think like them, especially now that I know oh the god, yeah. and I'll be like, oh my god, that person six. They're looking at me. They probably think I'm insane because of like you know just the crazy shit I say or the fact that like a six will sit there no offense to any sixes on this call but a six will will sit there and be like should we shouldn't we and I'll be like okay we're like I'm already like doing it like I think sometimes to them it's kind of like whoa you know so I mean not all sixes but just as an example um but I I think we all do that where we sort of like later after a situation we sort of sit, sit down and we're like wait I don't know how I actually looks to those people but yeah I think it's it's like a it's almost like trying to get into like as I I don't know if this is true, but I really love getting into people's minds and mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. something I, I love doing is like mm-hmm. like how do they see me and then that's sort of how you know because threes not only do we want to do everything but we kind of want to like 
be everything like we're like I feel like we're this chameleon and and that can be like really detrimental to uh, two or three I could because I feel like threes can be easy to manipulate sometimes and you have head types which I find can can be somewhat manipulative like not trying to be discriminatory but I think as a three sometimes like I've noticed situations where in the past not so much anymore but when I was younger where I would get manipulated and it would be like oh my god because you just you sort of slide into any situation and just become what you think you know, other people, what other people are doing or what they expect of you sometimes. Yeah. This podcast is definitely for shitting on head types, which is just. Oh, good. So in terms of that mechanism that anticipates or tries to see through other people's eyes, like how accurate is that mechanism in you? Do you feel like? Oh, well, I I mean, me, Elisa, like I personally want to say that it is very accurate because I, it's, it's like, it's an, it's a mixture of intuition, instinct. And also I, I usually only do it with people that I care about, especially as a social blind. Like if I don't really know you very well, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to try. Like I'm going to try, but I'm not, I'm going to try to like get to know you and be social, but I'm not going to try to look at things from your perspective. Maybe not yet. Oh no, that's, (laughs) I do that. Right. Hey, can we can we hold on? Can we pause for a second? Um, someone's there's phone. There's some echoing. Someone, yeah, there's. I heard the echo. And that's usually. God damn it, Katie! It's a metaphor. Social three is an echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Our- is a metaphor. Thank you, is- oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank right. you. That's my contribution. David smoked some weed before this. <laughs> nice. You know, nice. I was remembering that we, because we did a couple calls with, uh, uh, where we talked about threeness with Nancy and, and we got into it once and it was really uh, interesting what she was saying about like threes having sort of a direct sense of someone else's value. Mm-hmm. And I guess at the same time, a direct sense of what that other person, how that other person is valuing them. And just like that intuition and that you can just sense that. And I like sort of uh, how is an image type that that's what they, that's their, you know, uh, talent. And I, I feel like maybe like we had a call with twos and it feels like twos kind of have a direct sense for what anyone needs at any given point in time. Like they just know. Huh. Yeah. Um, and so it feels like threes have this talent for just like what this person values, no matter what, like they can just, you just know it somehow. I'm also getting uh, an interesting hit off of the connection to nine, mm, right? Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. this sort of uh, able to absorb something from other people. And, um, you know, and then uh, I don't remember who said it, but wanting to be everything in a certain way. Uh, yeah. It's like more specific everything than the philosopher of the universe nine stuff. But there's still this um, universality in some sense, it sounds like, that is very fascinating to me. And, uh, you know, like par- part of what's interesting to me about three is like, I have a so- sister who's a social self-pred three with a two wing and we're just so radically different. And like threes confuse the fuck out of me because it's like, there's the whole thing that we're talking about of like, how do you even know what other people think or want or, or even why do you care, uh, is so <laughs> foreign. And well, so, um, I don't know, I, there's a bunch of different questions in that for me, but I guess it's like. Like, like, let's say you can pick up what other people want. Like, like a, like a nine can absorb a lot from other person, but they don't usually uh, mold themselves quite the same way that a three does. So what's the hook or appeal or need that comes that that's served by being able to do that as a three? Are you asking like, what do we get yep. from knowing? Okay. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> yeah. Um, because then we can become it. 
but why? So they can get love. So, uh, well, so <laughs> for me, yeah, so we can get value. So, so for me, um, it's, it's more of like a, I can keep you around for whenever I need you. So there are like, not so much like my friends or anything like that, but there are a lot of people who like, I purposely become someone that they enjoy so that I can get what I want from them, whether it's a connection or um, a job opportunity or money or <laughs> whatever. It's a little manipulative. Super That's manipulative. Funny. Uh, my narcissism as a four is like, your gift is me. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> no. Me and all yeah. my idiosyncrasies. <laughs> no. <laughs> You know, it's a little eye-opening yeah. as you're talking because it's almost like it never, I never even thought about the fact that other people don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you don't feed your sense of worth based on whether or not people like you. Like, Must be nice, no. right? Like, like, it's not always necessary. I know. It's not always necessarily even that, for me, that I'm necessarily trying to get something from them. It's just, like, an automatic, reflective thing i mean um, four of the five is like the most useless type there is and so <laughs> i couldn't even do it if i wanted to and it could intuit what everybody wanted i'd still be like yeah fuck you guys you know <laughs> i yeah. can't do it <laughs> can't give you shit anyway <laughs> yeah but yeah to what katie says it's not always a choice like i'll be in a group of people and i will turn into something completely different and and i won't even realize i'm doing it and then people people enter that group that are in another group and it's like oh my god now two groups are colliding and then I just become this weird like unable to communicate human because I can't be two different people I don't know that's incredible that's I'm incredible. not that good at it's that an, it no, and it's, it's not even a choice I just feel it in the energy shifts like all of a sudden I'm like I can't talk so is it is it a struggle then of having to catch yourself when you're like playing a kind of role and then if you catch yourself what then I mean, hopefully you're not too deep into it. You can back out. But yeah, usually I don't mix groups. Yeah, as I've, as I've aged, you know, I've gotten better. Aged? <laughs> aged, like a fine what are, what are you, wine. 25? <laughs> 24. I actually <laughs> forgot what age I was this year. But anyway, um, yeah, no, as I've gotten older, grown out of my teen years, um, I've <laughs> learned how to, like, not so much uh be fake like i've learned how to be realer so it's not so much an issue at this point but it used to be a big issue so do you experience yourself that when you're doing that does that feel fake to you no nope yeah i'd, I'd like all of y'all to talk a little bit more about like that process and your own sense of what authenticity is like how do you feel about that so i'm listening to both of you guys talk about worth and I don't relate the same way. And I think it's because I'm social blind. I, I like, I don't actually know if I think about it the same way. Like I don't like, well, like if you, it's also the try you, type. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you ask me like, what, what is my worth? Like, what do I bring to the table? Like I, I don't even know what I would say, but I don't think I think about it in the same way of like, as it's like my worth is based on what other people think. Like I would say that it's not, I don't know what my worth is based on probably what I can do and what I'm able to do in my end, like on things like problem solving. But I don't know necessarily that I would base worth on the same thing. But I think with the authenticity thing, I think, I think that I see in some other threes that 
it's almost like they believe that whatever they are in that moment is exactly who they are. And I see it with myself too. Like it'll be, it'll be something weird where you're like, to give like a really grand example, like I'll be watching like a superhero movie where someone does like a crazy, ridiculous, amazing thing that you can only do with like special effects and like a movie team. And as a three, I'll sit there and think like, oh, I can do that. And in that moment, like I actually believe that I can do that. And then I have to like sit there and shake my head and be like, what do you, you know, like kind of shake yourself out of it. Um, but like, it's, it's like this weird thing with threes where like you, you believe that you could be anything that you want to be. And I, and, and like, it's, it's, it's like in your soul, you believe it. So I think that to a three, it is very authentic. Like when you're trying to integrate into a group or when you're uh, trying to, to act or, or do or be something like, I think like, that's the thing that is the three, like our heart believes that we can do that thing when and I've seen it with myself and with other threes where like sometimes it's like oh honey like you cannot do that thing <laughs> it's it's interesting that you that when you speak of this that um there's there's a distinction with you being social last because it can help us kind of isolate what is really three because I, I feel like a lot of what we consider as three-ish overlaps with social which involves like kind of watching other people and trying to see yourself through their eyes, but you're speaking to something of a, like a soul belief that I can, I can do whatever it is that is in front of me and that I, you just believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's I like, I love hearing it. Like the, the social threes, like it, and, and when I hear a lot of other people describe three, not so much this group of Enneagram, but if I've ever read anything else about threes from other groups, they, it, I feel like, they are only describing social threes or as so self as social three. It's like they don't even think about as social blind three. Mm-hmm. It's a six and nine as well. I think that most threes are going to have six and nine, and there's an extra dose of that in there. Whereas you with seven, eight, there's a sort of bratty kind of like, I'm just going to do whatever I want and say whatever I want. That's naturally just there Yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah it's a, it is a good way to isolate like what just three itself is. I see with, with like my students, for example, that they're like, if I'm like, I need a volunteer and like every three's hand just goes up and I'm like to kill themselves. <laughs> like you don't even know. Like it's that kind of thing. Is that it just takes a split second for them to just be like, I yeah. can do it. I can, I, and, yeah. and then I'm yeah. talking, they're even three, six, nine, most of them, right? Too, so it's not even, but it's just that even as like kids or teens or whatever, it's like, whatever it is, like they're looking at me and they're like, he needs something. He wants somebody to do something, to be something. I'll do it. I'll be it. And it's not, there's no questioning. It's just an instantaneous, like hand yeah. up, I'll do it. And, and yeah, it's the same thing. You have to look at them sometimes and be like, I don't think you can actually like, why don't you think for a second, if this is the right thing for you to do, can you do this? But that's not something that they really want to hear. <laughs> what's, no. what's that process like of, of, coming to terms with I can't do or I can't be my face I wish you could have seen my face it was like I ate something bitter it was like oh. <laughs> Welcome. They reject that completely <laughs> uh, yeah well we talked about, I think it was the last podcast like um this superpower of threes is we always land on our feet and I think it's because we just think we can do anything yeah, but what what happens when you can't? Don't don't, don't start doing and avoiding the question. <laughs> I think I think for me, what what I've like, there was a time in my life where I did think like, don't even try. I, whatever you think that I can't do, I'm I'll prove you wrong. I can do it. I, I had that 
mo- those moments in my life where that was just who I was. But now I think I sort of relate it to like, whenever I, I get the, those thoughts, either it's like something ridiculous, like, I don't know, I'll see someone like, I don't know, do, like cure cancer. I don't even have any sort of like, that's not even part of like my, I don't do anything like that. And I'll be like, oh, like I could totally, what if I went to medical school? I could totally mm-hmm. find it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you I, can I, go to medical school, you, you go for that. eight years. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You think that way. But now I'm sort of like, wait, like, do you want to do that? Like, I sort of like ask myself the next question, like, is that actually important to you? And of course, like curing cancer is important to me, but it's like, is it something that I'm, I'm actually going to spend my my time on like spend my life on and then I sort of like accept oh no I I don't want to do that and then that's sort of like where I go next with that thought um now that I think I'm like older and more mature than my younger self that would just you know (laughs) throw themselves into whatever shit pile they felt like at any given moment um so yeah I think the next question I ask myself is do you want to do that do we do want that and then if the answer is no then it doesn't matter if I can do it or not like I don't care about that so that 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 discernment uh, sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about um, about feelings and being in touch with your heart. And, you know, I want to get more at like how you actually make those determinations, because I know that a lot of threes can sort of uh, get on a train that they didn't, you know, order or whatever, and, and yeah. like go through a whole bunch of series of steps and go to medical school and be like, I don't give a shit about cancer or whatever it might be. Um, but also, like, and related to that is that there's a stereotype often, and I'm going to get to the stereotypes of threes later because there's a lot of them. Um, but uh, there's a stereotype that threes don't have feelings or don't feel stuff. And, like, just talking with y'all, it's clear that y'all are all emotive people and, uh, you know, heartfelt. And that, you know, like, I me mean, and my friends and sister who are threes, like, uh, you know, it's clear that they have a lot of feelings. But wh- what's the difference between really feeling that that stuff the feelings that, you know, we were speaking to at the beginning of the call that you might want to run away from versus, you know, being a robot, which is not how threes actually are. Like, yeah, the, the stereotype is that threes don't feel very much. And so how he's trying to ask, like, how do you guys manage your emotions, even though you are trying to cold do, people you're, right, you're, you're okay. not cold people but you know how are you guys managing your emotions is, is that the stereotype do? i did not yeah. not know that yeah that was yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah like sure. either robotic or like totally fake and i want to say about the fake real quick because i think it's like like one of the dumbest fucking stupid stereotypes in the enneagram is that threes are the fake type you know and it's no. like every fucking type is fake huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every fucking type is fake. And a lot of people will go, oh, I'm such a four. I'm so authentic. And they're usually not a four in the first place. But mm-hmm. um, the way people understand like authenticity in four is that it's like, I always tell the truth, which is like, ding, 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 not a four. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> authenticity that is emphasized in four is like, that it, like, is my self-presentation authentic to my inner self? It's not about it's still like- an image type. It's an image yeah. type. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But the, the virtue of the three actually is authenticity when they're able to really land in their own heart and just like be, be fully themselves in a way that other types uh, struggle with much more than threes, actually. Yeah. And it was important to hear you guys say that to you in the moment when you feel that you are adapting to something that this is what I want to do, I believe I can do it, that you wholeheartedly believe it. So it is authentic to your experience in that moment. It's not yeah. it's not like. um. Oh, I think people imagine that a a three is strategizing how, you know, this is how I'm going to, maybe there is some of that there, but it's not like, you know, every three is out here trying to like, um, sort of get one over on people. It's, Mm -hmm. I think threes actually believe in the moment that this, they can do whatever it is that's set in front of them and it's real to them in that moment. 
which can change, which might, you know, to other people might feel, well, you, uh, I don't know if that was, you know, if you were actually being real, but you know, it's in the moment, it feels real. And that's the important thing. Yeah. It's always a portion of us. It's just not always all of us. Yes. That's that again is like connecting to nine. That self-fragmentation is sloth. So how do you, what do you do or how do you, how do you get to a place where you can be all of yourself and not just a, a part? Uh, well, me personally, I've found that I have to sort of separate myself from from the places and experiences and people that I've crafted those fragments of myself around. And then I can bring them all back together and figure out what's actually me. But can I can't s- be around people who have expectations of me because I will become it without even like my consent. It feels very like, like I am not consenting in this situation. You're just wanting something from me and I'm just becoming it. You never asked if that was okay. Yeah. I really resonate with that too. Um, because it's, it, it does kind of feel like it's something that happens to you, mm-hmm. to me. And just as an anecdotal example, I moved across the country this year and am completely disconnected from all of the people that I've been around for, for, you know, my, my whole life basically. And it, it feels like the first time where I can really see myself clearly because there isn't all of this outside noise that kind of muddles my own self-perception or my values or what matters to me. It's, it's just me. Mm. Um, so I think solitude and disconnecting from all of the outside voices is what it is for me, how how I kind of get to the core of who I am or what really matters to me. I I think there's really something to what you're saying about, um, especially for threes needing to like live somewhere else, you know, like to separate as an attachment type, separate from the milieu that they grew up in or city or whatever. And like, just be in a totally different place to find yourself disconnected apart from all those connections and all those uh, entanglement. Is that true to your experience? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think I think for me, I've always sort of felt this like burning desire to like be who I was meant to be and like speak my truth. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I and I think it makes me like I feel what the others are saying. Like it makes me anxious. Like for example, like I, I like like my mom is very supportive of me, but she didn't really like love the pole dancing. And like, she, she loves me. She's the nine. She's great. She kind of like adapts. And like, I'm such a strong personality that she kind of just like goes along with it. But it, it, it made me anxious to not like be what she wanted me to be. But I knew at my core that like, I couldn't be that I couldn't be like, I don't know, whatever it was that probably just any job that isn't the job that I'm doing, which is like, you know, wearing slutty clothes and like (laughs) teaching, teaching people how to be sexy. So I feel like, I feel like I've always had to just like sort of be myself and like live my truth. And it was like insane to, to stuff that down. And that was one thing that I just could never, I could never really put aside, even as a three was like, this is who I am. And like, I'm not necessarily going to like rub your face in it, but I'm going to be who I am. And if you have a problem with it, then like you can leave. That's sort of always how, how I've been. And I think that's my tri-type, but I do think that 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 to me has always felt like, you know, I, I don't know if the other threes feel this like deep down, like, you know, you just like, you have to sort of, no matter what you become or no matter what you sort of chameleon yourself to and in different groups, like you still just have to like who you are resonate, you know, like it's, it's powerful. What what I like about what you're saying is is a sense of 
knowing that you're becoming who you're meant to be. Like, I feel like that is really at the heart of three. Like there's a sense of I'm meant to be something or somebody. Yes. But I think that the confusion happens where I'm drawing from other people's voices about what that somebody is. Does that make sense? For sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always had a sense that like there's something important that I have to do. And like, I've come Mm -hmm. to the, I've come to the realization that like, that might not be completely true or that important might mean something different Mm. than what I thought. But I've also had to completely separate myself from like society (laughs) for like three months, like two years ago, I went on my road trip where I lived out of my car for three months because I just had to get away because I just didn't know what was going on or who I was or what I wanted to be because you just have to sometimes. Yeah, I've known a lot of uh, like middle-aged threes or like older threes who had to have some kind of midlife crisis, you know, to like get at that sense of of me that's not just internalizing all the voices or the values of other people or my culture or my parents, like having to have a crisis that I've been spending my life pursuing some kind of goal where I'm getting a lot of positive feedback and validation and that I'm still not happy. Um, and so something has to like break in the circumstances of my outer life to find out what really my heart wants me to be. And what I, what I find with threes is that, uh, you know, their, their essential quality is value. It's the sense of like, you know, when we're present that the, the moment has value and it's like, I intuitively sense that in myself and the value of other people, but all this doing and doing and, and performing and adapting in, in some sense it's kind of like devaluing the times when I'm not striving towards the goal, right? So like, even though I'm looking for a kind of unconditional kind of value, uh, I'm actually devaluing myself and my experience when I'm not on the treadmill. Is that Mm -hmm. uh, accurate? Yes. Every minute I don't spend going towards whatever elusive goal I think I'm supposed to be getting is wasted. I'm very aware of my own mortality. We'll do put it that way. Do you find, do you, do you, are you, are you or the other three is like, do you find that you're able to uh, like savor or appreciate things easily? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have space for that? Yeah. You know, I was actually, while, while you were the, the question before, I was just thinking that I think the threes can, we kind of like attribute power to things that don't really have power. It's like, you, <laughs> you're like, I don't know, I keep talking about projection. You're like projecting your heart onto other things or like we give value to things that, you know, like even, even, even rest, sometimes like scheduling rest time or like, you know, cause I, I train like six days a week. So scheduling that rest time, is actually like, it, it becomes something to do almost if that makes sense. Like yeah. you kind of, and then, and then like you, you realize like, especially as a three, like well, everyone can do this, but I think threes more so understand it maybe a bit better. Is like you can give power to things. You know, all you have to do is just like believe it. That sounds so lame. No, but I so get it. I'm so with you on that. All, all you, you have, have to, to do, do is, is believe. believe. <laughs> yeah, and, and like that. You know, I'm. I hate to say this too, but like I feel like as a three, there's this like I have a soft spot in my heart for cliches. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I live in cliches. Cliche love There's, stories. And yes, hundred percent. Fucking eat it up. Like I don't know what it is, and I know I'm so it's so fucking lame. ashamed of it too. Yeah. Like, oh God. <laughs> it's lame. <laughs> AF, but it's you. You just you know. 
Uh, so that's the know. thing I love the most about threes is like no matter what's going on, even like when things are hard, if you want motivation, you got threes just like cheering you on. Like you can do it. <laughs> pandemic be like doesn't matter. We can be better because of the pandemic. You can make more money because of the pandemic. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. That gets at something that's kind of a theme that's uh, in here is that threes are kind of like the flagship of hope. Right. And that, and that takes on, you know, and, and that can, you know, that has the quality that that metaphor or whatever has the quality of, you know, you're doing it sort of for everybody. You know what I mean? And then there's how much of you is doing it for everybody and how much is true to yourself. Right. But there's this sense of obligation around being the, the hope machine. Yeah. Right. That's going to strive up, 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 up for everybody kind of and be almost a model for what we can do, you know, yeah. or something. Yeah. Inspiration well, for potential. Like that's yeah. really, yeah, really Nobody important. Nobody else is going to do it. It's really important yeah. to, to highlight that because a lot of what people see as narcissism in threes starts out as actually a selfless thing of like yeah. Yeah. wanting to bring hope and inspiration to other people and be like, I can actualize my potential. So can you. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I've been sitting here kind of reflecting because I feel like there's strings of this that you two agree on that really don't resonate with me. And so I'm just kind of curious what, what that might be, what, like what part of type might cause that. Cause I definitely don't feel like I resonate with the sense of like, I can just do anything or this ability to feel like, yeah, like this flagship of hope or something. Um, I feel like I'm very aware of my limitations and if anything kind of doubt my ability to do things um so i don't know if that's like the six nine or what well, it's I also mean, the other two threes are both self-pres threes mm -hmm. and okay. class, that's part of it so there's some you know sort of basic functionality stuff maybe <laughs> you feel like you could be friends with anybody or no harm anybody or any of that kind of stuff no no, I think the this as being social first, at least this is my kind of understanding of it, I feel like that's the most important thing to me, uh, but it's also the area where I feel most insecure. Well, so what I don't feel the sense of I can just go into any group and kind of chameleon. What I've heard is that if you have social in your stacking or social first, it doesn't necessarily mean you're you're good at it it just means you spend the most time thinking about it for sure and i think that's very true so the six and the nine show up a lot in me in self-doubt as well um it's just not always i don't know how to explain it i both doubt myself and believe in myself at the exact same time so i get that i do have a lot of self-doubt but i also have a lot of belief in myself it's weird it's very weird it's a weird three six nine triangle thing <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I guess I only say that as kind of like, I do think that that is probably true for so many threes, this kind of belief in oneself to do anything and achieve everything. Uh, but I don't think that's true for everybody. Katie, what do you believe in? Mm, what do you mean? Well, I mean, well, as a three, setting goals or or, or, or whatever the like threeness is in relation to that, that sense of adapting. You were speaking earlier about being able to know what people, how people are either seeing you or what's going on inside other people. Like, what are you trying to achieve or accomplish or what's the result that you're looking for? Yeah, um, I think for me, it comes out in being able to 
support people. Um, I, I think that I kind of have that sense of reflexively being able to know what people want or need from me, but I feel like I can only tap into that effectively when I'm showing up in support of other people as opposed to focusing on you know getting them to like me or something like that so I think and that could partially be my job but I think that that's how it shows up for me how do you do that how does it look like so so one thing that it makes me think of is so I work as a therapist and so it's almost like when different people show up I reflexively adjust myself to what I feel like they need or what they're going to resonate with most. So, you know, and they all feel like truly parts of who I am. I don't feel like I'm just showing up and being an actress. They all feel like different parts of who I am, just kind of different sides of me. You know, if it's like, just to throw out some stereotypes, like if it's a, you know, white middle-class stay-at-home mom, I might show up more friendly and ask about their family and stuff like that. Whereas if it's, um, I don't know, some young military guy or something, and I might be much more straightforward to the facts. Um, So I feel like that's where the adjustment and reflexivity shows up for me. But interestingly, I don't feel like I'm that good at that in social situations where I'm not like kind of on in my work. So it seems like this, this, I mean, you're invested in this uh, role that you have as a therapist and someone who people come to um, for some kind of psychological support. And you feel like you have the ability to adapt and meet people's needs, relating needs. Um, in that context. In that yeah. context, yeah. Yeah. So you don't feel like you have any sort of uh, belief, self-belief that you can do that pretty effectively? Or you feel, do you feel like, I, I have the ability to do this pretty effectively? I feel like I have the ability to do it pretty effectively, but it feels more context-specific, I guess. Okay. Um, and I don't know why that is, but yeah. I, that, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, it seems like uh, at least you found a context, a social context where you can apply sort of a, a competency um, goals sense to relating to people in a very specific way. I mean, context yeah. is a huge okay. social keyword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything feels like it. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the context. It feels like there's no hard and fast rules for me socially. Like context determines so much of everything um, in terms of how confident I feel showing up in that space or how competent or um, even my ability to feel like I can show up as me feels really context specific. Like what about this context? Do you feel comfortable? Like I'm just trying to get a sense of the texture of how your brain works. Ooh, yeah, I get into my brain. Um, I don't think I feel super comfortable in this context having never met anybody here or anything like that so i definitely don't feel the same level of confidence i would feel like at work for example this feels more like a a social setting Mm -hmm. and tell me your wing uh i've been type of the four wing okay yeah my sister has a three or excuse me a two wing and Mm -hmm. like you know she is like guns blazing into social situations where she's making everybody laugh and it's the loudest voice and she's got an eight fix and all you know all this kind of stuff going on so it's interesting to hear your perspective with the four wing and, you know, the nine and six and, and how all that comes together, because I think a lot of people just hearing this for the first time might not immediately peg you as a three. Right. Um, I didn't peg me as a three. What did you, you see yourself? A six. I'm yeah. like the one person to mistype as a six. 
Congratulations. Four wing adds also a certain specificity piece too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just find it interesting getting you guys's um your own personal takes on how your three manifests because it's not the same. And I'm just trying to pinpoint like what like for example, Katie, you don't necessarily uh, um, relate to the idea of the self-belief that I can do anything, but for you, it's very specific right. to uh, a social context that in this context, I feel confident that I can be competent to relate to people in a way that they need. Um, so I'm, I'm still trying to like get at what is the core three thing, because you guys are describing things uh, in slightly different ways, but there's a kernel there. Yeah. Uh, Central quality. I uh, just curious to my other threes. Are you guys sitting here comparing yourself to each other? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but <laughs> who said no? Who said no? I um, I did. I'm sorry. We all have very similar voices. Who is? This? Oh, it's Lisa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, the social blind is not comparing. <laughs> social blind. Yeah. I no. I I don't really do that. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Um, I sometimes do with <laughs> That's like, cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I I sometimes do with like um or I used to with like talent, like other people that would like mm. I would watch them dance and then maybe mm-hmm. I would sort of but I don't even do that anymore because I just you know, I, I'm at a point where like I just want to appreciate art for what it is. So if I'm watching someone <sighs> perform, like I don't compare. I'm like, I want to enjoy this. Like otherwise, what's the point of watching? You know, like not everything is a competition. I actually hate competition, but I think that's also a social blind thing. Oh man, I wish I could do that. But, but the impulse <laughs> is still there, right? Like it's something that's kind of developed that, that you have to what 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 impulse? The impulse to compare or on some yeah. level it's it's there, but it's not like it's something that you've kind of realized that isn't useful to you it's there but not not in social situations okay like i wouldn't i feel like you don't do it in real time like you don't you don't naturally it doesn't happen that rapid way where it's like an instantaneous kind of like who am i who are they and it's yeah like coloring every single thing that you say it's like you'll do it like you said in specific contexts where you're like i'm looking at somebody yeah like i'm watching a performance it's kind of like a it's slower like you said earlier it doesn't happen in real time I think yeah. the way it does even for me that I'm I would constantly compare myself yeah that's true that's pretty accurate uh, so um was it Emika that was asking the question about the kernel of three or what is three I'm not sure what that means oh I'm what, just what you're saying I'm, I'm what I'm trying to say is that um there's a way that you guys are describing different experiences of three and you know one person says one thing that uh, the others might not relate to and you being okay. social last and Katie being social first and um, and Nancy having is being self self social there's different ways of uh, you guys are approaching your threeness and so I'm still trying to find like what is the thing that all three of you would say yep that's what's that's the me. what's the threeness of three you know yeah 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 <laughs> you know? I think it's really hard to find because we're everything and nothing all at once Katie, did you, did you relate to uh, Louisa's uh, talking about becoming who you're meant to be? hundred percent. Yeah. I, that would have been my suggestion is maybe the, the thing that connects threes is some sort of journey towards becoming mm-hmm. one's, you know, truest self or best mm-hmm. self. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, it's like truest self or most authentic self, that it might be some piece around identity and, and trying to find that. Like a greater yeah. purpose. As, 
Yeah, or or like as a type that kind of, uh, well, at least for me, um, reflexively forms identity around others, that, that maybe the, the kind of goal of three is finding that true identity. I mean, without the input of others, even as a as a four with a five wing, like I resonate with that sort of I mean, that sounds like the thesis of the feeling center type mm-hmm. becoming who you're meant to be, but totally different journeys, totally different ways that that, you know, uh, is conceptualized in different way, different capacities. You know, like I've spoken at length about as a four, it's this disc- discrepancy, you know, between the outer and the inner world. And um, that I'm always in this process of trying to make my outer world match my inner world, but it's to, to, to my frustration and hatred and disgust. And, but this three journey, uh, you know, in, in the sense that even journey itself is like that there's like a task or like a, a mission or like a, a movie plot or something where mm-hmm. you know, becoming mm-hmm. what I am. And it's, it's very like, uh, it's also getting me like Christ images, you know, this like sense of dying to a false personality and, and trying to be reborn to something that's like the real me, the real thing that's to be fulfilled. And like, you know, like I'm not, you know, not fucking Christian or anything, but like Christ, uh, Christ, I think, didn't he say like it is accomplished when he died? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Three. Huh. <laughs> yeah. That really resonates. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it is, it is kind of like, like, I feel like there's an end goal. Like there is a greater me that needs to be born. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Which sounds so That's dramatic cool. and no, dumb. No, it's real. I hate it's, it. Yeah, I like that. I, that really, um, it hits at something if I feel like all of you could relate to there. The yeah. dawn of a new day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, it sounds really inspirational just saying that. It's just like, damn, yeah. I'm going to get up and do some push-ups. I want to be better. <laughs> but, but, you know, one of the things that's, that, that's, that this is uh, hitting for me is like, you know, and I think threes really express this, but you know, like, so I did the Gurdjieff movements, which are these, like, you know, Gurdjieff is the guy who brought the Enneagram to the world before it was a personality system. It was blah, 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 and taught this whole system of awakening. Uh, and one of the techniques he used were these sacred dances that were, had Dervish, Sufi, and all kinds of other origins and some he made up. But they require really incredible concentration to perform because your head's doing something totally out of sync with what your body's doing, and you're moving into music, and you're coordinated with a bunch of people. And so the, the cumulative effect is that it's like a meditation, except instead of like, you know, breathing and focusing really intensely, it's like you're, you're active. And if you lose concentration for a second, you fuck up the movement. And, uh, and so anyway, what, what the effect is, though, when you're really like when you've got a real movement group and a real group that's been practicing, not just knows the movement and the, the gestures very well, but even when they fuck the gestures up, but the group has really cultivated you get this really clear sense that you're a conduit for something. There's this sense that, that something is expressing itself through you that you're actually like aligning yourself to and that, that you're, that anything that you could call your like higher self or real self is like an expression or articulation of this like powerful presence. And I mean, it is so incredible, but that's what I'm getting from. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that's what I always get from my, my threes when they're like, you know, talking about that, that real essential striving. It's like the real identity. It's not even me anymore. It's not about like a better John or a better Nancy. It's like, it's like being able to be available for some as an instrument of something higher. Does that make sense? Or is that an intuitive, uh, introverted intuition kind of nonsense? Yeah, that makes total sense. You brought up something earlier that 
kind of goes with that is that threes can kind of glean meaning and like um I, I don't know what you said you said we can ex we can kind of experience something like really beautifully in it I don't know what you said but you said something along the lines of that where it was probably brilliant whatever I said it probably was <laughs> and probably. someone listening to this can just rewind and rehear what he said but anyway like sometimes I have moments of feeling that what you just described and it's always like for me it's in nature just because that's where it shows up for me um but I call it a nature gasm because I'll be like walking through the world and I'm like wow I feel it and it's just like a moment of like feeling that feeling of you are a conduit for something greater you are just here as a vessel and it's awesome and it's like that's what I should be going for and you just come hard yep pretty much <laughs> In the Every woods. cell in your body orgasming at the same time. Yeah, it's really awkward when the trail is really packed. <laughs> I'm just leaning up against the tree, like coming. No, but, I, but that's really beautiful. Like I think that um, <laughs> that there is this this sense that, and, and this is universal, and also I think like mystical experiences that that you get to a certain place, and it's not uh, you is not you anymore, mm -hmm. and it's offered up to something, and like that sense of threes wanting to be an exemplar or an inspiration it's like it's like i think the highest part of three in all of us is the part that offers ourselves up to a, some kind of higher expression of something even if it's for just a moment i got a question for katie because um you've provided an example of your threeness that's very context specific but i want to know where how do you want to be recognized is that how do you know that you're doing a good job in terms of how you're relating to people and providing this sort of psychological support in the role of a therapist, what is a marker of how well you think you're doing? I think it's just feedback. I think when I get the feedback that people feel like they are really heard and understood or okay. that I've helped them to see something in a new way or see themselves in a new way. And there, there can be the sense of kind of gelling or flowing. Um, that's how I know. So it's from the connection, it's from the yeah. built uh, relationship, I guess, or the dynamic that you have with that person, that, that person's telling you like, hey, you're really doing something for me. Thank you. And yeah, that's, absolutely. That's enough. And that's enough? And it's a feeling. I, yeah, that's enough. Okay. Um, just to, to have that feeling within that one-on-one that -on -one relationship. That feels yeah. like social, sexual kind of connection, chemistry, blend of um, which... This is a follow-up question, but I wanted to eventually get all y'all um, to talk about how your threeness shows up in your sexual drive. But that's sort of answering my question that you're building a chemistry with this person. And from the chemistry and the dynamic itself, the feedback, uh, if you feeling that you've done a good job in relating to this person is, the, is enough of the, um, you feeling like you've accomplished something, that that's enough for you. Yeah, that feels like everything. Um... And that's something that actually makes me think back on something, not to get off topic, but to think back on what you're asking me before about what contexts feel comfortable, if this feels comfortable. I think for me, it's, it's really that one-on-one -on -one okay. where I feel like I can show up as me. And that's like my best self. Before uh, getting to Emeka's sex question, uh, Kitty, how did you know uh, that you were a three rather than a six? Like we didn't really touch on that. I just got typed uh, in the uh, Enneagram or Enneagram Universe Facebook group. Um, Any fucking chumps just told you what you were. They, <laughs> yep. She put up and multiple I, videos because she wasn't sure I about the first time. 
Did uh, but does does it I feel right? No, I I I posted. I was obnoxious. I posted three different videos that were like fifteen minutes each, talking about all the reasons why I wasn't a three. Well, well, then, well. Yeah. Feel about it now. Where uh, are you at this point on that, Katie? Uh acutely horrifically aware that I'm a three. Ah. So. <laughs> Yeah. So no, we're not really recording question. this. This was just the plot to get you. <laughs> <laughs> so what was what's the tell us tell us about that horror of it starting to dawn on you? What does that look like? Well, I think that for me, there was this sense that I wasn't uh, good enough to be a three, mm. or like a three and s three because oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. a part. Which is very yeah. three. Yeah, very. <laughs> yeah. Three. So exactly realizing that that my argument against being a three is the essence of being a three. It was like, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was part of it. Um, and I think just like part of realizing that I was a three was realizing that I do have this struggle that we've been talking about, which is of taking other people's opinions or feedback and kind of integrating that into myself. And that doesn't feel good. You know, I don't, I don't want to have to integrate into my self-image that I take stuff from everybody else and take that to be me. Um, so that's where a lot of the horror came from for me was, oh, my, my self-perception isn't just all coming from within. It's actually from what everybody else thinks of me. That's, that doesn't feel good. I don't want that. Mm. The horror is a good sign because, you know, when we really land on any of our type or at least really get what our type is, like we can know it for a while, but when we get it, it's horrifying. Yep. You know, like there's a lot of idealization of certain types and denigration of other types, but it's like everybody has this horror in them. And if you're not sufficiently horrified, you don't know the Enneagram well enough, you know? Yep. And <laughs> you like, and it's that horror that makes you want to be something other than the machine that is your type, you know, that your type is a program. and there's a you that's based on the patterns of the program, and then there's a you that you can cultivate that's something set apart from it. But you won't, and I mean you in a generic sense, somebody won't do the work necessary to be awake uh, unless they're sufficiently horrified. I've, I've gotten into like screaming matches with people because I feel like they are forcing their opinion onto me, and they're like, I literally just asked a question. <laughs> I'm like, why would you offer that as an opinion? He's like, I'm asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> I've always felt in my experience that threes were like, uh, I think John has alluded to this already, that threes are like uh, an assertive nine in a way. Mm, yeah. Like it's, it's like an assertive type doing <laughs> <Yes>. nine. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> a three is like a, um, a very assertive, um, out there type, action-oriented type, but it's also... Um, absorbing what other people it's absorbing the thoughts and values of other people at the same time so even in the way nines are doing that right. passively and they're trying mm -hmm. to harmonize but with three it's like i want to to uh, reflect some higher ideal for the situation I, I mean unconsciously that's going on and so yeah externally oriented but it's still very assertive are we going to talk about sex or are we going to well Let's i just wanted to sex. get y'all's take on you know how your three shows up with your sexual instinct there's i mean all of y'all can answer this how do you get your sense of value from sexual instinct i think it's like this maybe sounds lame but i think it's it's about like living living my truth like being who i who i want to be and who i feel like i was meant to be and this is sort of 
where I feel the most comfortable and I'm trying to like speak carefully so it doesn't just sound like my calling is like throwing my tits to the wind and like being a What's wrong with that? Throwing your tits to the wind, girl. <laughs> Emma um, wants to see. I don't see anything much, wrong with that. Honestly, it it actually it's it's pretty much it's almost like exposing yourself, not necessarily like nudity, but like exposing yourself in like emotionally, which can include your body. And like, there's a level of, of intimacy there that like, or, or vulnerability that's, that to me feels, it just feels true. Like it feels like that's how people should be. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that like when I'm performing and whether or not it's sexy or whatever, it's, it feels like, this is like, like when I'm, when I'm, when I'm there, when I'm doing it, you just get lost in it. You just do it and you don't really think about anything else and the anxieties go away and everything. And I think that it's like this, like vulnerability. It just feels like that's the way, like, this is what humanity is. This is who we are. And a lot of people just try and cover it up or a lot of people expose themselves, but in like smaller groups, like in with their partner and no one else or whatever. But for me, I feel like it's something that's public, I guess you could say. And that to me feels Right. I like or, or I think formative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, a better way to describe it, but it just it feels like that's how I'm supposed to be. And I don't and I feel most comfortable there. Like I, you know, like being naked in front of people doesn't like bother me or like, you know, being vulnerable in front of people emotionally, you know, for a PG audience doesn't doesn't bother me either. So yeah. It's the way everybody should be. Yeah, it's like it's like loving yourself and your body. And I think you know, she's kind of, there's like a, a strong femme power there. I think mm-hmm. too, like yeah. strong, like girl power and like owning your, your own energy and, and, sh- and like sharing it with others. It's not very much. Cause I feel like some, sometimes with, with social or self-pressed sexual, I feel like people are, and I feel like I've done this for sure too, but people are, are often like just pushing themselves onto you. But with me, I, I really like, I want to like share it with you. Like, I want you to enjoy it. Like I want you know what I mean? Like, it's not just yeah. like, look, look at me, clap for me. It's like, a, can we like share in this together? Like with an audience, there's, mm-hmm. a, given, there's a give yeah. and a take. Definitely. That's beautiful. I like that. Yeah. I think, um, in, in like a few years ago, I did a lot of, um, like sugar daddy, sugar baby stuff. And, that I think was extremely healing for me because I was able to be like kind of worshipped for like my body and my sexuality and just being just me. And I was kind of able to just be it and enjoy it. And now I'm able to put that into like my art and just my personality in general. I'm able to be much more open about my sexuality and what I enjoy and what I like because people, I know that people have like accepted it in the past so if you don't then I don't really care as much so wait you you had a sugar daddy is that what you're saying multiple yeah that was my income for a while that's how Nancy and I know each other (laughs) oh I wish oh I wish oh I know Nancy also you couldn't you couldn't afford me John no I couldn't couldn't afford me I was expensive (laughs) he's too valuable for us man yeah good choice of words (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's you know it's being able to command like this is what I deserve for Mm. my body and for my sexuality and you owe this to me and then being able to command that and really just be in charge even if you're like a sub you're in charge you know what I mean so it's it's this ability to just like command the room and command whoever you're with even if it's a powerful man 
and then take this out into the world and your art and in your personality and being able to be like, no, I know I'm worth this. What about you, Katie? What about your relationship to your sexual attraction drive and your threeness? I think I definitely just see this the most in that one-to-one social sphere, like I was talking about before. Um, So I don't know that I have a whole lot more to add to that. Yeah, yeah. definitely this, just the sense of um, I'm most alive and most me when I'm with other people in that one-to-one group and gelling with them and really connecting with them. What you're Uh, saying too is a great uh, highlighting of, uh, or clarification around uh, a common misconception in the Enneagram mm -hmm. field, which is that sexual type or sexual instinct is one-on-one relating. There is a one-on-one quality to sexual instinct, which is very focused on, you know, tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. But that one-on-one relating and connecting, I mean, that's social. And the social yep. boundary and social lens is very adaptable. So, you know, and, and it depends on the individual social type. But it's like, uh, you know, it can be with one person and very intimate and close, or it can be with a whole group or, or whatever. But uh, that's it's really important because... Us uh, social blinds are kind of like reptiles that uh, are <laughs> trying to like, you know, not not shoot blood out of our eyes too much and not bleed on anybody and try to figure out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was cool to see uh, to get from each of you your own different takes of um, your relationship to your sexual instinct, because it, it it's definitely for like social sexual versus self-pressed sexual. It's a completely different. It feels different. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure how you're looking at it uh because i think there's a lot of uh people look at sexual threes in the enneagram world as sort of, sort of this like this mannequin show-off kind of personality um and so just to add some depth and dimension to what that looks like but um we are we are running out of time i don't want to yeah. listen to y'all any longer <laughs> fortunately for us listen to it emica is our editor so yeah. you know, we're off thank the hook. god for emica yeah. <laughs> yeah i am very familiar Such with the nuances you. of each and every one of your voices i know when you're gonna pause i'm ready for every little nuance it's like i've heard you guys so much it's ridiculous oh man <laughs> okay well, well this was fun yeah it thanks was fun. guys for being on here yeah. really appreciate yeah. it yeah for including me yeah yeah fun experience yeah, thank you. Right, shout guys. out to Joseph and the yeah, uh, bleacher. Yeah, shout out to Joseph. Hey everybody, it's John, and I'm here to plug something I'll be doing in June. Uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast but want a more formal, uh, systematic dive into the particulars of the Enneagram, I'm teaming up with a uh, place that's in Brooklyn that I regularly teach at called Maha Rose to do online classes. So in June, on Mondays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the 1st, 8th, 15th, and 22nd. I've got a four-part Enneagram series. Uh, classes will be via Zoom. Classes are $50 per class or 108 for the whole series. And uh, we'll get into more specifics, not just at the basics of the Enneagram, but um, really how the Enneagram is a tool for inner work. Uh, so if you're interested, you can go to maharose.com and find me under online offerings, or you can go to my Instagram page, uh, Orpheus Osiris, and there should be a link in the bio.